Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married for 21 years and have seen the fruit from raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from their faith by age 18. And it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in the following world. Hello, everybody. I thought I'd change the intro. But anyways, we're so happy to have you guys here for the podcast, uh, giving and receiving parenting feedback, perhaps one of the most tender episode topics that we've done. I think it's vital. We've gotten feedback that this is an important one to do. Mm -hmm. And I can see why. Just looking back over our own lives and marriage and parenting, that is a topic that is sensitive to people. Well, let's just talk about what that title actually means for a second. Giving and receiving parenting feedback. Um, That would mean that you potentially have had um, observations of bad behavior or sinful behavior or sinful heart attitudes that you have witnessed in maybe your friend's kids or maybe um, nieces and nephews or or potentially your kids have also noticed these things as they've been hanging out with some of their friends and they've shared it with you. And you are questioning if you can actually have the courage to confront the parents of that child um, and give parenting feedback. Or maybe you remember a time where somebody gave you feedback Mm -hmm. and it was very difficult to receive receive it. it. So I think everybody can admit that that's probably happened before. It's humbling. It is humbling. Yeah. But so we're going to dive in and we're going to keep this one as short as we can, although there's six scriptures this time because they're all (laughs) very important. Right, honey? That's right. They're very important. So we're going to see how long this one takes. You guys, I'm not laughing at the scripture. I'm laughing because if you would have seen us about 10 minutes before we pushed record on this podcast, this is a little behind the scenes of Isaac and Angie, we were laughing laughing because Isaac was like, we got to keep it short. And I was no like, but we need this scripture. <laughs> and she says, it's a special episode. And I go, it is a special episode, especially long episode <laughs> with six scriptures. I hope it's not especially long. Okay. Let's dive in. Okay. So first of all, thank you for being part of the 1 million legacies movement. We're thank you. so excited to be part of it. Mm-hmm. We feel blessed that we can work full time uh, to bring the podcast episodes and all the related aspects to the ministry, which there's growing responsibilities to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out how do we get all this stuff done sometimes. and But it's fruitful and we love mm-hmm. it and we love being part of it with you. We really feel like we're on a race together and that's fun. So every time you share on social media, yeah. I know you're raising your hand. We know you're raising your hand. I'm part of this. Every time you give us reviews, if you're in the app and you give a, us a five-star mm-hmm. app review, that is huge because it helps people see the app. It helps people in Apple and Google see the podcast when you do that, written reviews. Uh, and we read every single one mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. often we'll post about them. That's right. I don't know if you guys knew this, but Isaac and I do monthly Q&As for an hour in the app, in the community section, which has been really fruitful, really fun. It's been a great way for us to also see what other podcast topics we should be covering because we're able to really get a th- spiritual thermometer on what are the issues that are relevant today to parents parents that they need us to share on. Hundreds of biblically minded parents in the app 
yep. spurring each other on. I think the last time I looked, in the last 24 hours, there was 266 people active just in the last 24 hours. So that's pretty cool. Meaning that they were posting or commenting. Yeah. Active in some Liking. way in the last yep. 24 hours. Yep. That is incredible because I think there's like 500 or so people in there so far. Just uh-huh. launched a month and a half ago, two months ago. So anyways, we're, we're yeah, thrilled to be part of it. It's pretty exciting. We'd love to have you in there. And if you have questions about it, you can message us. Anyways, let's dive into this. The first point we have for you guys is something we've said many times to our kids and to others. It's something I've said in the business world, mm-hmm. which is to assume virtue. And our kids know what that means. Yeah. And that is talk about an aspect of assuming the best, mm-hmm. even when something challenging happens, still assuming the best in the other person. I think this is incredibly important because the spirit at which we give feedback to somebody or the spirit at which we receive feedback from somebody really depends on are we assuming virtue or not in the other person. Mm-hmm. And it happens a lot throughout your day, like even just, not just with your kids, not just with, um, this topic we're talking about giving and receiving feedback, parenting feedback to maybe your friends or to your siblings who also have kids. Right. But in your marriage, think about, do you assume virtue in your kids? Do you assume, assume virtue in your marriage? This mm-hmm. particular point, it could be applied to every relationship. And I think that it's also important as well regarding how you interact with people on social media, just assuming virtue in them versus judging inaccurately someone's heart space of where they're coming at from a different perspective. So it, it's a good thing to put into practice on a regular basis. It is. We want to assume the best. Mm-hmm. And what is our natural, our carnal minds, our humanness comes out sometimes. Humanity. And what do we do? We assume the worst. Mm-hmm. We assume the worst intentions of someone giving us feedback, or uh, we assume the worst about someone else when we see something in their kids. That can happen. I'm not saying we all do that. I'm just saying that is a natural tendency we need to fight off by filling ourselves with biblical truth, being mm-hmm. in the word and uh, having the Holy Spirit uh, active in us uh, as we're communicating with other people. I think that, that, you know, I even just think about the definition of love, which we're not covering that scripture today. It's in 1 Corinthians 13, if you want to go and look at it. But, um, you know, love is patient, love is kind, love does not keep a record of wrongs, all these different what love is not and then what love is. And doesn't love assume virtue? I think love assumes mm-hmm. virtue. So if you have love as your foundation, if you have wanting to walk in love, which is what God commands us to as Christ followers and what our relationships with our friends should be built on, mm-hmm. then we would be assuming virtue in our friends and in our friends' kids and in all people, really. And after all, no kids are perfect. No matter how good someone's parenting is, no kids are perfect. Mm-mm. But does that mean we just don't pay attention to something that we see? No, we should. And we should all embrace that. Yeah. But we should also understand that if no kids are perfect, that means my own kids aren't perfect either. Hey, I, I mean, I just even dealt with this a few weeks ago, just, um, you know, where your kids sometimes say things and they, 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 their heart might even be right and they may be truly confused or something like that. Right. Um, but just teaching them to have, um, a filter 
over their mouth and to think before they speak, for example. And mm-hmm. so I had to have that conversation with one of our kids pretty in depth because I could tell that what he was saying, even though he didn't mean to, unknowingly he was hurting another kid's feelings. And so, and this is us, you guys. So, you know, I'm just sharing transparently of a reality yeah. to maybe get you thinking, oh yeah, I have to do that. Oh yeah, my kids aren't perfect. Well, they're learning how to be social. They're right. learning, They sometimes depending on their wired, some are more aware of the social challenges they bring to mm-hmm. a conversation and some are less aware of that. So depending on their, and they need us to train them. Now, we should expect the best, but honest about reality. Mm -hmm. And usually those don't go together. There's a big Christian movement out there at expecting the best and leaving it at that. And you know what? We are called to exhort one another. Mm -hmm. We are called to encourage with truth one another. I mean, the Bible says to spur one another onto good works, right? And what are good works? Well, parenting is a good work. And Part of proactive parenting is actually holding your kids accountable and teaching them and even just correcting their wrong thinking, correcting the way that they say things, maybe correcting their body language. And when I say correcting, I mean like pointing out to them, like saying, hey, the way you're doing this isn't good. Have you thought what's another way you could have done that? Or do you realize that the way you're standing with your arms crossed or your hands on your hips maybe is making other people feel a certain way? How can you be more... um, aware of how you're standing. Like there's, parenting is a good thing and we need to be exhorted to actually be proactive in our parenting and having these conversations with our kids on the little things, but also on the big things, right? But a lot of times parents on the big things, like big topics, they get so scared that they're going to like hurt the relationship with their kid or yeah. that they're wrong for thinking a certain way because society's even confused parents that they are wishy-washy. So courageous parenting, courageous like, This is Courageous Parenting Podcast. Courageous yeah. marriage, courageous living. Yeah. We are to live courageously. The Bible tells us to do that. In 1 Thessalonians 5.11, it says, Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you were doing. That encourage right there sometimes is fanning flames and being complimentary of what somebody's mm-hmm. doing. And sometimes, I know, Angie, you've done a study on the word encourage. Sometimes it's and I, Well, and sometimes it's actually putting courage in another person to stand up for what's right or what's wrong. But it's mm-hmm. also correcting someone so that they can walk blameless or Mm -hmm. a better life, right? Mm -hmm. I think it was John MacArthur that actually, um, he has a book on encouragement that is fantastic. Hmm. And he, in there, he talks about how a lot of times people think that encouragement means to build somebody up to where they feel good about themselves, like they're encouraged and they feel good. But in reality, the biblical encouragement is that you're actually correcting things that are errors in their life so that they can live better. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you're right. I have done a a deep study on this and on the word exhortation, which is actually in the New Testament over 50 times. Mm -hmm. And so if it's in the Bible that many times, then I think it's something that God actually wants us to practice. And exhortation is one of the gifts of the spirit also that's mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It's a spiritual gift, the gift of exhortation, which is a form of actually reproof 
and rebuke. Like they're going to people and they're exhorting them and telling them, I don't want you to live this way anymore or what you're thinking is wrong. It's actually this. Is it really loving people if we see something that's hurting their legacy and we don't say anything about it? Is that really loving loving people? people or are you loving yourself because you're preserving yourself so that you don't have potential conflict? Mm-hmm. Is it really loving someone else or is it loving yourself because now I don't have to be courageous? Okay, That's a hard question. It's a really hard question for people today because I, I think that we all want wisdom and want to, we want to assume virtue. So we want to be careful yeah. to not be like looking at every single thing that potentially no. would need to be corrected, right? You got to pick your battles just like you do with your kids, just like you do in marriage. Um, and you don't want to be like a nagging faucet even to your friend or your neighbor. Amen. And right here in Ephesians, it gives you an idea of how we should do this. In uh, 429, it says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasions. We have to be discerning about the occasion that Mm. it may give grace to those who hear. It doesn't mean we're Pollyanna and just keep at the surface in our relationships. Mm -hmm. It means that the heart of the words we're using and the words we choose are the purpose behind the motivation is to uplift, right. to help them launch confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. So, you know, if you if you, that's truly your desire, that you want people to launch confident, courageous Christian kids into an uncertain world, and you see their kids walking in sin, one of the ways that you can be gracious in how you approach a conversation is to be humble in your approach, Mm -hmm. recognizing that you're not a perfect parent, maybe even using an example of where you have dealt with this yourself with a child without Mm -hmm. throwing your child under the bus. Right. Um, and I think that that's a really important aspect of communication with other people is that they know that like, Hey, you don't want to have to bring this up, but that you care about them. So you need to start there with like caring about the the child that you're coming to them about. Um, and then, you know, after you've discerned the actual situation, the timing on it, you come to them with the situation, you share maybe how you've struggled with certain aspects of your parenting, and you remind them that, hey, God is a grace-giving God, and we've all made mistakes. And And I think asking permission, too, if this is the first time you've done it in a relationship, you go, hey, maybe explain the desire for your relationship. I want to have the kind of relationship where we can speak honestly with each other Mm -hmm. about things. That's our second point, actually. And that's our second point, which is to desire feedback. So to speak honestly. Mm -hmm. And so there's something that I noticed that I've also seen in my own family at times, but I wanted to talk about it. Are you cool with that? And then they're going to say, you're kind of asking for permission. And this is, this is a leadership skill, by the way, Mm -hmm. even if someone doesn't really, who wants criticism or feedback, you know, only wise people, wise people do, but (laughs) everybody wants it. But in the moment we have that feeling inside, Oh, what are they going to tell me? Yeah. Right. So, but when you prep them and you tell them that, and then they say yes back to you, there is something transformational that happens when someone says yes back to you, even though they're trepidly even saying yes back to you it opens receptiveness like you wouldn't believe and it's showing a heart 
of humility, especially mm-hmm. if that's true that you've struggled with this thing. And in the then past. you're not giving unsolicited advice, if you will, or um, like when you ask, when you start out by asking permission, hey, you know, I've noticed that our kids are not really getting along right now, and there's something I'd like to talk to you about. It are you cool with that? Like yeah. just being really honest about it. Or I notice every time we get together, there seems to be an issue between this child and this child. I was hoping that you and I could talk about that and maybe put our brains together. To and that's that not out. that the setup of that is not one sided. It's a recognition uh-huh. that there's two, my kid and your kid that aren't getting along. So we should to the second point here. We all need to desire feedback. Mm -hmm. Do you desire feedback from people you know? Mm -hmm. And if you don't, I want to ask you a question. What kind of friendships do you want? Mm -hmm. Do you want the kind of friendships where somebody sees something, but they're too scared to talk to you about it, so they only think about it and talk to their spouse about it, probably, Mm -hmm. but never talk to you about it, and you keep on going being friends? Is that what you really want? Or do you want to be the kind of person that embraces feedback and people know that mm-hmm. so that they actually talk to you about things they see and then you can have a healthy In discussion yeah. about it? And which way do you think is going to build a deeper friendship? And the reality is, is that when you're walking in like real friendship with people, and I'm talking about biblical friendship or real friendship where you're spending time together, you're letting one another into your lives. You're not just the type of people that only meet for coffee outside of your homes, but you're like in each other's homes to where you're able to see like, oh, this person is living out their biblical jurisdictions. Oh, this person's struggling in this area. Like our Are you open? Is your Mm -hmm. life transparent and vulnerable? And if you're the type of person that hides and only meets people on level playing fields, if you will, like meaning you only see people when you're picking your kids up from youth group at the church building, or are you the type of person that has people in your home often, right? And that's that's a hard question, but it's an important one because this actually is a symptom of if you're the type of person that is the type of friend who is going to want real relationships that are going to actually sharpen you as iron sharpens iron, where people are able to speak into your life because they see your life. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so you really need to ask some hard questions, but I want to share with you guys from Proverbs chapter 15, verse 31 through 33. It says the ear that listens to life giving reproof will dwell among the wise. Whoever ignores instruction despises himself. But he who listens to reproof gains intelligence. The fear of the Lord is the instruction in wisdom and humility comes before honor. A lot of times insecurities within us prevent us from actually showing people we want feedback. We're so concerned and fragile inside sometimes to actually that that we don't want someone to tell us. And sometimes you can even feel it, right? That someone might think something and they don't tell you. And then you wonder and you're just in your head about it. That's not assuming virtue. You don't actually know what they're thinking if they didn't tell you. And we shouldn't assume the worst. And you want to have mm-hmm. you if you're if you're insecure about something, it means that you need to take action on something. Mm-hmm. Your relationship with God might be the first and foremost thing. Mm-hmm. It might be new implementation of sound parenting practices or, you know, you know, teaching your kids the Bible. Or, or just even consistency. Follow through yep. or something like that taking action when it's uncomfortable and you're not doing it and you know and you feel guilty, well, you know what? Those insecurities are going to hurt your relationships with other Mm -hmm. people because they can 
tell you're fragile or don't want feedback and you don't want to be that way. You don't want to be that way, right? Yeah. So it's important. This goes for men too, by the way, big time. This is not just a female issue. No, I mean, this there is, shouldn't be just females talking to other females about issues that they're seeing between the kids. No, guys Dads need, to be, need to be involved and they need to be aware of what's going on in the hearts of their children and the behaviors of their children. And so if that's not happening, maybe this this conversation is actually first for your marriage. Amen. Are you good at receiving and giving parenting feedback to your spouse? Mm-hmm. You guys need to be on the same page. That it, You clearly can't do this with friends if you aren't doing it first in your home, which is your first jurisdiction, that's where you get a productive practice. It's where you will get social socialization, if you will. Right. Mm. Like seriously, if you haven't had practice with the person that is supposed to be committed to you, to love you, no matter what, not keeping a record of wrongs, and you can't have these basic conversations about behavior or offenses within your marriage or within your own family, that's where practice becomes um it, it it becomes not perfected but you make progress so that you can use it in your relationships outside your home and then you're not fumbling in these relationships and having to constantly be apologizing for not being able to communicate about fights among children to one of their parents and remember we're all better at different things and you might be looking at your strengths too highly and not aware of where you're weak or where someone else's strengths are different. So if we're looking at where you you have an opinion about something mm-hmm. that needs to be improved somewhere, let's also, this is about the first point, assuming virtue, where are their strengths though? Right. And I hope you bring those up in conversation because that's also part of encouraging. So one of, one of the things I think in conversations, we've talked about the importance of assuming virtue. Also, rec- one thing we didn't talk about that I think is super important before you approach somebody is recognizing that another child's sin is not reflective of that parent always. Yeah. Now, sometimes parents might not discipline certain sins, in which case those sins become um, rooted. It's like a weed that continues growing. It becomes a big issue, right? And in which case, I think that parents need to take accountability for that. They're going to be held accountable before God, for Mm -hmm. sure. We all will um, for our parenting. But the reality is, is that a kid's sin is not their parent's sin. And so recognizing that I've, I've actually actually confronted a mom on an issue before and brought that up at the very beginning. Like, mm. hey, just because I'm bringing this up doesn't mean that I think you're a bad parent. That's so good. I don't think that y- this is your sin. Like, I get that kids don't need to be taught sin. It's in our humanity. And so... But I thought you'd want to yeah, know this. But I thought you would want to know this just because we all have blind spots. I am not omniscient and omnipresent and able to be everywhere and see all things at all times. Only God can do that. And I know you can't do that either. And so if I have your child at my home and I see something and I don't say it to you when you're not there, that's not loving. Like I would want you to tell me, right? And so having that kind of conversation where you like get what your expectations are with your friends regarding like 
friendships and your kids and and giving permission that is the another thing that we talked about briefly mm-hmm. but part of that is like how is your friendship set up i yeah. have been more blessed by the friendships mm-hmm. that were yeah. started out on a strong foundation where there was this hey if you ever see me in sin like being disrespectful to my husband when we're all hanging mm-hmm. out or if you ever see me like correcting my kid inappropriately or embarrassing them or if you ever have anything that you see I could be better at, would you come and tell me? See how I just started out that friendship, giving permission to that person. Now, Isaac is like, hold the bus, Ange. You don't want to do that with everybody, right? Yeah. And so you definitely want to use wisdom and who you're giving that permission to mm-hmm. and make sure that you're choosing wise people to have around you at that close level. That's like, if you've listened to our conversation and podcast where we've talked about teaching your kids about different types of friends, like these are the friendship circle, not the friendlies, not the frenemies. It's like your close knit. There's people. some really wild parenting strategies out there that are not biblical. And- if you're saying yeah. that to somebody with a completely different paradigm and the way they view everything, a different worldview, even then that's very, yeah. that's very challenging. Although right. I overall, in a general statement, we should desire feedback. And this brings up another from, from, from a lot of people, but this brings up another point. What if somebody's giving you feedback and you know that they struggle with the very same thing? Okay, so we have a scripture for that. We're going to jump into Matthew chapter 7. This is a really important scripture. I would say that obviously all of these are. Mm-hmm. Being humble in Proverbs 15 that we just covered is important, but this is one that I would encourage you guys to read specifically. Mm-hmm. I have gone through this with many people um, because it's one that we can't forget. There is a lie in the church today that Christians aren't ever to judge. That is a lie. The, and we're going to cover this in just a second when we go to 1 Corinthians. So have your Bibles ready. But this passage of scripture is more about being introspective before you go to someone. It's more about that than it is about not judging. And everybody tends to focus on this first part and not read the rest. Mm-hmm. So this is the part they like to say, judge not that you be not judged. Okay, can I just say something? Most people don't want to be judged. Are we going to be judged? What does the Bible say? Yeah, we are all going to be judged. Mm. And those of us who are teachers are going to be judged at a higher strictness or harshness, depending on which translation you're reading. That's mm-hmm. James 3.1. But judge not that you be not judged. A lot of people don't want to be judged. So that's why they are saying, oh, don't judge, Right. Mm. But the reality is, it says in verse two, for with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Mm -hmm. This is talking specifically about hypocrites here. We need to be careful not to be hypocritical. Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye Mm -hmm. when there is a log in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Listen, this is surgery. Mm-hmm. Like if you, this is not like literal context. This is about confronting people with sin, okay? But there is an element of surgery, if you will, spiritual sur- surgery that you're doing here. If you're coming to someone and you're shining a light, the Bible says in 1 John that, that darkness cannot 
exist in the light. Mm -hmm. When we shine the light on sin, God is glorified because sin is exposed and it can no longer have a hold on us. Go read all of 1 John. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. But you guys, this, when you point out a sin in somebody else's life, you are shining the light. You are shining Jesus' light, the truth that he doesn't want us to be living in darkness. He doesn't want us living in sin. He doesn't want, sin separates us from God. Does God want us separated from him? No. If you love your brother or sister, do you want them separated from God? No. If you love your brother or sister's child Mm -hmm. and you want them to have a strong, honest relationship with Jesus Christ, do you want them to make a habit out of the sin that you see in their life? No. You want them to be set free. You want them to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. So the truth is, is that the very first thing you do before you even go to a person is you have to look at yourself because you cannot help someone remove the speck out of their eye if you are blind because you have a log in your own eye. Think about this surgically. Which is our next point, which is we must look at the rose-tinted glasses we might be wearing. What that means is, and we have to take them off. That's what she's talking about right now. And when you take them off, we don't often realize we have them on. They're blind spots. We Mm -hmm. view things better than they actually are within our family. All these things. We have ideals about what things will be. But the reality of the real culture, the real behaviors in your family are not as good as what we think they are. And so we have to pull those off before we go and share with someone else. It doesn't mean we don't share, even if we're having the same issue. Mm -hmm. It just means we need to be humble about our own issues if we're going to talk to someone else. And maybe it becomes a conversation about helping each other. Right. And this is part of like, where is your heart? Where's your heart attitude in this? What is your heart motives? Okay. Like man can't judge heart motives. Only God can see that, right? The Bible also says in the Old Testament that man sees only outward appearance, but God sees the heart. Mm -hmm. And so we want to be careful not to judge heart motives. We want to be careful not to be judging people's salvation, but we are to judge behavior and sin with the purpose of restoration with the, that, that should be our motivation. Mm -hmm. That should be our goal is that people are restored to Jesus Christ. And so when we're, when we're encouraging you guys in being humble and taking the rose tinted glasses off and being honest, this can become a part of your conversation with people that you, when when you approach them, you have a humble heart and you are able to say, hey, I get it. Parenting is hard. I struggle myself with X, Y, and Z, which is maybe something completely different than what you are even bringing to them. And that's okay. But do you see how that's much more humble and they will open up and be more receptive to hear from you if you're not a know-it-all that's coming down to pounce on them and correct them and be like, you're doing that or your kid's doing. So I think we need to be more proactive in our relationships. We need to set things up, as Angie's talked about, and establish that we want feedback from one another, that we know that we're not perfect, that we're not coming from a self-righteous point of view, Mm -hmm. and the receiver is listening with it, instead of just looking at what's wrong with the person giving the message, 
listening for what might actually exist, mm -hmm. regardless of who's telling me that, because if they saw something, I want to know about it. Right. And that's important. And right here, this is to back up the, the judging uh, believers um, that you were talking about, which right. is in First Corinthians 5.12, for what have I to do with judging outsiders? Question mark right there. Is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? God judges those outside. Purge the evil person from among you. Well, God really cares about the bride of Christ. He cares mm -hmm. about his church. He does not want evil people um, in the body mm -hmm. of church. He wants people to be transformed and brought into the church to be discipled. So, but, but what this is talking about is the believers, the people who believe mm -hmm. we are to make judgments about. We're not to judge each other's salvation and things like that. Mm -mm. Who are we to know? Only God knows. Mm -hmm. But we are to make judgments out of wisdom about influences How can you discern? Like, we've had this conversation so many times. Like, people want to raise confident Christian kids for an uncertain world. Are we going to launch our kids into an uncertain world and not have taught them how to make good judgment calls in the choices that they make regarding spouses and friends and jobs and if they should go to that co-worker hang out after work or not, like they have to actually judge and discern, is this righteous? Like, and not from a self-righteous spirit. That's no. very different than righteousness. God calls us to walk in righteousness. Mm -hmm. He says, be holy because I'm holy. He wants us to live in righteousness. Righteousness is rightful living. If you know the difference between right and wrong in a certain path and you choose to live rightly, you should not be condemned for that. And nor should you condemn other parents who are choosing to raise their kids to live rightly. You should applaud them and encourage them and exhort them and fan their flames. Yeah. And you need them doing that to you as well. But this is coming from a place of do we as parents have teachable hearts? Mm -hmm. Are we willing to hear? from other people or are we just going to put up our fences, get offended and not take it in and then make it a yeah. bigger deal and turn it around on someone else? I have to tell you, like I, I have been around the block for a day or two. I'm, I'm in my 40s and I have had friends on both sides of the fence regarding their teachable hearts and if they're willing to be the type of people that can be receptive when confronted. And the people who constantly manipulate and blame shift and turn things around on you are not the type of people that you want to be in walking close fellowship with. That's actually a huge red flag. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so that also in saying that, I want to say, hey, take a moment and ask yourself if you're that type of person. Do you blame shift, make excuses for why you're not going to listen to the exhortation or the rebuke that you got from a sister because you are hardened in your heart, not willing to hear the truth. Or from a brother. And so, right. Brother and so brother. this is an important thing. Like, do we, do any of us have a self-righteous spirit? That is something only you and God can know, and you have to go before the Lord and and evaluate it. But on this topic about com confronting other parents regarding kids, this is an important thing because you as a parent have to judge and discern, especially when your kids are little. Am I going to allow this child that I see being disrespectful to their parent and disobeying every rule I have in my home? Am I going to invite them over again to play with my kids or not? Are they a good influence or a bad influence on my kids? It is your job to judge that. 
And you we have should, to. We should go the extra mile to try and help and to make it work out because we're being open and transparent and talking about things. And you will find out quickly if someone's receptive or not, if you're coming with a humble heart. And you should also receive when someone gives it to you because that should, the whole goal of this actually is real relationship. And let me ask you, what happens in your church? How does this work out? How does this mm-hmm. play out? How does your pastor talk about this? How does the pastor's wife uh, initiate culture in this amongst the women? Mm-hmm. How does this happen in your church? Is this exemplified uh, by the leaders in your church, by the elders? Now, that being said, like the elders and the elders' wives and the pastors and the pastors' wives, like they don't have a duty by the... the um, hierarchical of the church to actually be the ones that are like creating the culture. Sure. Okay. I just want to, I just want to say that because we have a lot of pastors, wives, but can I just say though, if you're choosing to go to a church, you are putting yourself into submission Mm -hmm. to the spiritual authority that runs the church. And you should be able to look at the pastor and his wife and their marriage and go, they have, they have a biblical marriage. I want a marriage like theirs. You should be able to look at their family and go, they're pursuing a biblical family. I want a family like theirs. They're not perfect. I can have grace with them, but I respect them. And I respect the way that they are running their family because the Bible is very clear that an elder is not qualified to be running a church if he can't manage his own household. So, But what is being taught and what is the culture being stirred up amongst people to walk with each other. Right. And what are you doing to be the answer to improve that where you are of people walking in close fellowship with one another, willing Mm -hmm. to help each other uh, with each other's kids? Because when we see things, we talk about it and we we spur each other on. And there's not this self-righteous judgment happening amongst people, but a helpful spirit of awareness and helping each other where your strengths are and someone else's weaknesses are and their mm-hmm. weakness, their mm-hmm. strengths with your weakness and complementing each other in, 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 in this process. Now, the parents are in charge of parenting the kids. You're not delegating that to other mm-hmm. families or anything mm-hmm. like that, but we do need each other. Yeah, we do. We need we each need other each to other. speak truth into each other's lives. First Corinthians, again, chapter 15, verse 33 says, do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. The reason why we wanted to share that scripture with you guys, obviously that's a quote from the Old Testament in the New Testament, is that there is an important aspect that parents oftentimes don't realize regarding their responsibility, especially when their kids are younger, to make judgment calls on, is this kid going to corrupt my child's like all the work I'm doing, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you're working on, I don't know, something simple, sharing with your kids, and then you start spending a lot of time with another kid where they have a really hard time sharing, they manipulate, they boss people around, they're constantly being in charge and kids don't really enjoy playing with them. You don't see the parents are making any progress with this child. They're not even aware of it, nor do they think that their child needs to be corrected. Are you going to spend a lot of time with them? The reality is, is you have two choices. Here are your two choices. One, you decide and you make a quiet boundary and you tell your kids, nope, sorry, we can't play with them today. And you start limiting your exposure with that child. The other option would be to confront the parents or parent. Okay. You, those are your only two options. 
But your motive always needs to be because you see sin in a child and you understand that sin separates them from God, that you want to encourage the parent because you love the child Mm -hmm. and you want to stay in fellowship with them. This is your opportunity to move towards closer fellowship. So, you know, sometimes parents can put off this uh, image Mm. of I've got it all together. Don't talk to me. Mm. That is something we all need to evaluate in ourselves because it cannot exist in true biblical friendship. Not when you have kids and you're parenting alongside others. You don't want to run the race alone. So here's a good question that maybe we all should ask. Do we tend to have people running from us? Hmm. Meaning, are other people potentially setting quiet boundaries on their kids playing with ours or hanging out with ours because of the bad behavior? Hmm. That would require rose-tinted glasses being removed, maybe Hmm. even stepped on forever, right? Sometimes those rose-tinted glasses stay on because we're comparing our kids to others' kids. And that isn't... That does not determine if you have issues or not. That's not biblical. That's not yeah. biblical. We should just should, be we should, comparing to We Bible. should be comparing what is righteous behavior? What right. is right? Are are your kids respecting their parents? You. That's it. Are, are they, they being obedient? Are they being good stewards? Are they being kind? Are they like all of the, just think about all the different instructions and wisdom and commands and guidance that the Bible lays out for Christian living. And of course, nobody matches up to all that. So we all have things to work on. Totally. We have things to work on. Always. We have mm-hmm. a baby all the way up to two kids launched out the door and we're we're still working with I was, all of them. I was, yeah. Woke up in the middle of the night last night praying for my kids. I'm just like, I couldn't help it. Yeah. It's like there's 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 stuff that we're working on, and there's stuff you're working on. And how much better is it? We're transparent. Mm-hmm. We're real with each other. Mm-hmm. Then we feel closer to one another. I think that's what we all want. Mm-hmm. And by the way, we not only did six scriptures, we did nine scriptures today. Oh, sorry. No. <laughs> I think everybody appreciated it. I yeah. think you were right. Yeah. What a great episode know. and a uh, great discussion, I think, that yeah. will be helpful. If this has been helpful to you guys or you think that other people would be encouraged by it, would you mind sharing it? And and even go back to iTunes and give us a review. That still helps get the word out about the podcast. We so appreciate you guys yeah. joining us today. And listen, on this topic, can I just encourage you with one last thing that came to my mind? Follow up. Hmm. When you when you ask for prayer from someone from someone and they follow up and say, "Hey, how's that thing going? I've been praying for you." Don't you feel good? Don't doesn't that bring your relationship closer? So if you exhort someone with something, follow up with that and ask them how they're doing. Pray for them. Mm-hmm. Let's let's not just be the type of people that are judging and nitpicking things. Let's be the type of people that are walking alongside one another, holding one another up, encouraging one another to do the right thing, being the shoulder they can cry on and praying for one another. So thanks so much for joining us today, you guys. Hope you have a blessed week. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. For more resources, go to Courageous Parenting and CourageousMom.com for free online workshops, blog posts, and best-selling courses. Also, we wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, we release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. This is an incredible self-paced program where we cover everything from obedience 
obedience training to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's a supportive community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentor program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.